Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to mini episode number 281 of Real Life Ghost Stories. And I have two spooky stories for you today. And the last story comes from the 12th of March, 2023. And story number one comes from Travis. When I was 16 or 17, my mom, my sister and I lived out in the country in Burton, Kansas, which is literally a middle of nowhere farm town with nothing going on. We were poor. We found this shit single wide mobile home on some land for real cheap. We didn't live there for very long before some weird shit started happening. More than once, an old heavy book flew out of the window and smacked the counters opposite it hard enough to leave a mark. We used it to hold the window open for a breeze. And an old woman, significantly older than my mother at the time, would come to my room and shut off the lights if they were on past midnight. My sister, then eight, had a dream friend. A little girl who she called Katie that would visit her in her sleep and tell her where she would find money the following day, or just events that were to happen. Nothing inherently dangerous about that. Until she started telling her what it felt like to die, and more specifically, to die by drowning. Encouraging her to come and see her. Fast forward a few years, and I'm 19 or 20. I was attending college at a community college a town over, studying to be a music teacher and staying at home to save on dorm costs. I have satellite TV in my room, which is the only option out that far, and I've set up my room like an apartment. It's not uncommon for my sister to sleep in there since I have all the channels, and the living room only had whatever you could get free over the air. One night she wanted to use the satellite and I didn't care, I had a lot going on. She fell asleep watching whatever, I can't remember the show, and when I went in there to move her to her room, as soon as I walked in the door... She sat stiffly upright in bed with the deadest expression and the most hollow eyes I've ever seen and pointed behind me, saying, What is that? You know, what is that thing? All the while, her pointing hand bounced up and down as if she was gesturing to something quite large. I was too scared to look, so I said that it was nothing and she immediately laid back down. Fast forward another year and I'm 21 now. My mom has remarried and her and my sister have moved into town. My friends and I decided to take over the house in the country as we all attended the same college and had the same majors and it was an ideal living situation. The house, however, didn't like this at all. One roommate, Mick, woke up one morning and had deep scratches on his back like someone had reached around him from the front and scratched him. It looked like scratches you could get from the throes of passion. We had not had any ladies over or any parties that weekend at all and he didn't have a girlfriend. 
he moved out shortly afterwards. The room that used to be my sister's now constantly had wet carpet and started growing mushrooms, despite having it checked out and finding no logical reason the carpet should be wet. The master bathroom took on a dark, terrifying feeling. I couldn't even go in there anymore. The last time I went in there to shave, it was like I lost control of my hands and cut myself on the throat. In the mirror, it was not me looking back at me. I mean, it looked like me, but it wasn't. And I swear I saw a face over my shoulder looking into the bathroom. I noped the fuck out and went to a friend's house. I can't remember why, but I was alone that night. The next day, I hung a blanket over the door and refused to ever go in there again. A short while later, I was warming up my car. It was morning and damn cold. We were preparing to head to school. I looked out the window and in the exhaust of my car was a shadow of a man wearing a hat and had what looked like a dog beside him. When I say shadow, I mean more like the absence of light. Light would go around him and in him, but not through. I felt like he was staring at me. I wanted to move away from the window, but I couldn't stop staring. Maybe 30 seconds passed when all of a sudden I could move again. I yelled at my roommate, Can you see this shit? And he said, you mean the man in your exhaust? I hadn't told him what I was seeing. Coming home from class that evening, it was dark, about six o'clock. I was a mile away from home and I got a chill. I felt the hair stand up on my neck and in my mind I was telling myself, don't look in the mirror. But I did. And the shadow was in my back seat. It was hard to breathe and I was so scared, praying to God to let me get home. That was the longest mile ever and I swear I saw a lady in white racing alongside me in the middle of a field. I felt like she was there to protect me. It went quiet for a while after that. I really hated this property, but I felt so stuck there. It was spring now, a few months had passed and we were having a bonfire, beers and whatnot. One of the girls invited came around and said... What the hell? Some creepy dude in a Jeepers Creepers hat just opened my car door and ran off. I went around to look, but I knew I wouldn't find anything because I knew what she saw. I played it cool. What else was I supposed to do? Almost everyone there was already in no shape to drive home. We were all having a great time. The fire was burning, the beers were tasting good, the music was loud and on point. It was about midnight now, maybe slightly after and we decided to have an airsoft battle. Bear in mind, the property was large. I had a whole mild section. There was maybe ten of us playing. I was exchanging fire with a group of two or three up by the house, when the others returned and were shocked to see me up by the house. They said, how the hell did you get back here so fast? We just chased you off that way, gesturing about a quarter of a mile away to our tree line. I told them I'd been there the whole time. They said they had spoken to me and I had spoken back to them, telling them they were a lousy shot, and I ducked into the trees for cover. The other three I was fighting confirmed that it wasn't me. This basically killed the battle and we let the fire die and we went and passed out in the house. A few days later, Mick suggested that I talk to this lady that he knew. She was a sensitive, practicing Wiccan. Anyway, this woman said that my property was on a thin spot and wasn't safe for me anymore. She was insistent and I believed her. Shortly after, I rented a place in town. The house burned to the ground mysteriously about a year later and about a year after that, I was telling my girlfriend's dad the story and he wanted to see it so I took him out there. It felt heavy and terrifying, even without a house there. He froze up, 
made a laugh so inhuman I'll never forget it, and pissed himself. And he has no memory of this. I'm 40 now and I live in a completely different town. I have kids of my own and I have never experienced anything since. Look, when I started this podcast, I was very critical of anything that was seen to be portal adjacent. You know, I think I'd seen it so many times on ghost hunting TV shows where somebody would be like, there's a portal in this basement. And you're like, oh, shut up. No, there isn't. Like, you don't even like stop making things up. Nobody even knows what that means. However, with stories like this and stories like Hey Old Fanog, and we've regularly had stories where it seems like there's just this hive of activity in this one place and that this place seems to be some sort of thin place as that Wiccan woman described to you. And more and more as I listen to people's stories and read people's stories and research stories, I'm starting to be less cynical about this idea of portals. And I don't think it's as simple as it being a portal. I think maybe calling it a thin place makes it seem slightly more palatable to me. I don't really know why. I think it's probably because I associate portals and everything that comes with it with the Hollywoodization of ghost hunting and ghost stories. And like there's so much going on here. There seems to be like separate entities. So whatever was throwing shit from the window, as in throwing the book that was used to prop the window open from the window, the little girl Katie that would visit your sister in her dreams for whatever large thing was behind you in the house, people getting scratches, multiple people seeing like a Jeepers Creepers version of the hat man and then your friends seeing a version of you. I swear I feel like that is the most terrifying thing about this whole story. And it's sort of given me like coherence vibes, right? As in the movie that I spoke about a couple of weeks ago where all the friends go to a dinner party but there's some sort of time slip, alternate dimension shit going on and they're speaking to like versions of themselves that aren't necessarily the right versions of themselves. What if a portal isn't just about the supernatural? What if it's a gateway that different dimensional versions of you can also slip through? Shut up, I'm giving myself the heebie-jeebies. I hate this. Travis, I will say that your story has scared me and also given me um, lots of food for thought, I would say. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And story number two comes from Anonymous. I grew up in a quaint home with my three older siblings and my mom and my dad in a cosy suburb of Boston, Massachusetts. My town is known for its old New England feel and history. My house was built in the 1920s, so as of recently, it's only 100 years old. 
Ever since I was little, my parents and family members would share ghost stories with me that happened both inside and outside of my home. I've always had a fascination with the paranormal, extraterrestrial and things alike. Maybe it was growing up in a small historical town or the ghost movies I used to watch all of the time with my siblings and cousins, but it's always been a part of my life, for want of a better word. However, this story is not about my home or the paranormal experiences my parents had in it. It's about a painting. My siblings and I are very close in age and because of this we all share a lot of the same memories. My cousins also live five minutes away on the other side of town, so they were at my house a lot. My mom has always loved old artwork, and the painting in the kitchen was no exception. Placed above the kitchen table, the painting was hard to miss. It was incredibly large with a vintage wooden frame. It was a scene of a stream flowing down the centre with two lush rows of grass and green trees on either side of it. In the right-hand corner of the painting, there is a man standing there who looks rather lost. He is wearing tattered clothing. His shirt is dark blue with buttons and his pants are khaki. He has a straw hat and is carrying a straw basket. You can't see his face. My siblings, my cousins and I all vividly remember this man. We spoke about him all the time, making up stories of where he was going or what he was doing or looking for. The painting remained above the kitchen table for at least a decade or so. When we were all little, we paid much more attention to the painting. However, as we all entered our tween and teenage years, we didn't pay as much attention. After us kids stopped studying the painting, it's almost as if the man ran away, because one day he was not in the painting anymore. We were all so confused, completely bewildered and freaked out. We all asked my mom where he went. What man are you talking about, she said. The man in the painting with the little basket and the hat, we all yelled. She repeatedly told us that no man ever existed in the painting and that out of the hundreds of paintings in the house, not a single one has ever had a man with a straw basket in it. In fact, none of them had men in it, period, as my mother preferred paintings of scenery and landscapes. Frantic, I went to the box where all our old baby photos are stored. I was rummaging through the box quickly when I came upon a picture with my siblings and me in it. Behind us, in the photo, is the painting, so it surely did exist. Yet there was no man in the painting in the photo. Now, one might think that the possible explanation is that all us kids created an imaginary man with a story and just thought it was cute and silly to picture a little man on a journey, but it wasn't that. To this day, we can all recount exactly what the man looks like. We could remember the stories we made up where he was going, but know for a fact that we didn't make the man up. To this day, my mom claims there never was a man in the painting. Even my aunt and my grandma, who were at the house nearly daily, said there has never been a man in that painting. I know young children are more in tune with the paranormal, so perhaps the man was a ghost who had visited the stream or was the artist himself showing up in the painting. Who knows? Eventually, it was moved out of the kitchen and replaced with a newer painting. The mysterious piece of art is now hung in a stairwell in our home. To this day, no man has appeared on the painting, and we have never been able to explain where he went and why only us kids remember him. This is another very weird story, and I don't quite know what to make of it. We did a story recently on Patreon about a painting that was in a house, and as time went on, the painting like became more colourful, I think it was. 
so it started out quite dull and then the painting developed over time and became more colourful and I think a flower was added to the painting or something but everybody believed that it was paranormal and that not that somebody was like secretly adding to the painting. This is also really strange and gives me coherence vibes too as in why do the kids remember something and not the parents and I know that memory isn't fully reliable we can't rely on our memories to always be objectively true but if all of the kids remember this man in the painting with a straw hat and a straw basket looking kind of lost and then you were like making up stories about him and why he was there and how he got there and who he was is it like a tulpa quite thing where you imagined this man into existence and that's why he was looking so lost in the painting that he was like I'm not meant to be here how have I ended up here Or was it a case that it was something paranormal that only the kids in the house could see? And then as you got older and stopped paying attention to the painting, the man disappeared. Look, either way, I simultaneously love it and hate it. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Travis and Anonymous for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came from the 12th of March, 2023. And if you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com and if you are desperate for some extra content you can subscribe to the Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month you can get access to heaps of extra content as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad free. And on that note I shall see you next time. Hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.